0: Today's daf is Daf Lamed Aleph, page thirty-one in Meseches Beya. and we pick up from the top mishnah. We have three mishnayos on today's daf, and the first two mishnayos would have a big focus on wood. We're talking about a lot of wood in, uh, on uh, today's daf, particularly as far as ofdu and the halachas pertaining to muktzah. All right, and we're on the very very top. Uh, the, the top word on the daf, masnisen, the Mishnah, here we go. It's the Mishnah, bavian eight and I saw that a person's a schlep, wood in from the fields, min ha As long as the wood was machunis. The word machunis comes from the word knisa. As long as it was already entered. Okay? What does it mean, entered? It means entered into one's mind. As long as this wood was machunis, it was prepared, it was put together um, for the person, then the wood is no longer muksa, and um, you're allowed to bring it to your house. So you're allowed to bring wood from the field as long as it's mina machunis, as long as it's already been entered, prepared. Umina karpaf, also from a karpaf, if you remember, if we remember from Mesach Shabbos. Ervin, a karpaf is a like it's in between a a rishus say not in not an area between but it's it's kind of like a park surrounded by a fence. You know, we said it's like a baseball field with a fence around it. right? A mifuzer. If it's inside of a karpaf, and even if it was scattered, even if it was already spread out, meaning if I have a not such a it doesn't need to be so small, but I have really in an a, a enclosed area, which can be, it's small enough to be privately owned. Okay? And it's surrounded. So any wood that's spread out throughout, we'll call it that 400 feet, I'm just making this up because of, a, well, because of the uh, analogy to a baseball field, I'll be permitted to move on Yomta. Aye, it's, ma, ma, it's not mamish, like, put together and piled up, right? Okay, but since it's in that area, it's a, it's prepared enough that it's not considered muktzah. Ezu, karpav. What is a karpav, says the Mishnah, Koshu, so clear A karpav is an area that's surrounded, but it's also within the ear. It's within, it's it's like on the edge of the city limits. the Behuda is the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehemi says, anything that you need a key to get into, anything that's locked, even if it's with inside the tchum Shabbos, any wood inside tchum Shabbos is not going to be muktzah according to Rabbi Yehemi. Okay? Which is kind of a a parameter that the Gemara is going to have to explain for us. Because if you look at the Tanakama and Rebbe Yehuda, they both seem to imply, you know, it's just a different gedarim. perhaps they have different boundaries of what's considered prepared. Comes along Rebbe Yaisi with this kind of new idea, right? The, the Tanakama even talking about location. Rebbe is coming up with a new idea. He says, if you need a key, even if it's with inside the Tum. okay, fine. So you have to know what that means. What happens if, let's say, you have something outside the Tchum, but you need a key? Yeah, so like, what would Herb Yaisi say over there? According to the first two opinions, certainly it's not prepared. What about according to Herb Yasi, Right? Because to them, if it's outside the Tchum, what about him? He's talking about keys. Yeah. So is going to get into this. Here we go. says, his name is Shmuel. Ain You can only bring etzim, wood things that were prepared. The mechunas from a carpaf. I've learned in our mishnah, and a carpaf filo menam If it's inside of a carpaf, then even if it's spread out, it's allowed to be uh, brought. It doesn't need to be gathered together. Masdis and Yechida says our mishnah is not a lachal It's a singular opinion. The Tanya learned in the Brisa of R' Shimon. says. There's no machloekus in and bishol when there's wood that is mufuzar spread out in the sudles in the fields. Sheimivir and everybody agrees that is muktzah. You're not allowed to bring them and use them on yumtif And they also agree, Rabbah and he'll also agree, ba'al mukhnos Any wood that's gathered together inside of a karpaf, sheimivir, and it's also not muktzah. I'm Where's the machloekus al mufuzar mshabakarpaf? If it's in a karpaf, again, this area. At the edge of town, we'll call this baseball field. And um, the the ma'isa—it's an enclosed area, but it's large, and the and the wood is spread out. So, or whether it's gathered together, but it's out in a public field. Or outside of town. He says says, that wood is muktzah. says you're permitted to bring it. Okay, which is pretty. Um, that's a, a much clearer uh, mahalach, a much clearer path of a dispute. Hence, the bottom line is, our Mishnah is the opinion of Rivshim ben Lazar, who the Allah Chalamai says, not like him, said, so I, but, but the brisa says, we pass like the brisa, so we don't pass him like the Mishnah. Amarav, Rabba says, Aleikonim, leaves of reeds and leaves of grapevines. Afal P, Afal Gav, even though De Luhu, even if they are Kanaf, even if they are gathered together, umosvi, and they are maisiv, they're resting on the ground. Kivon the imidlizika, since if you would have a wind, it would blow mevadar luhu, it would it would blow away, it would go away. Kimefuzorim damu vaasurim. So then, even now. Since these leaves, granted you have them resting on the ground now, so it seems they're prepared. But no, since they can easily be blown away in the wind, people expect that to happen. Unless you do something to ensure they don't fly away. They don't blow away. And therefore, even when they're laying on the ground, it's considered muktzah. The i'atz nachmana may esmol alayu, but if you put a weight, a vessel... As a weight on top of it to make sure it doesn't blow away, shop your dummy, then you've shown that you expect to have this on Yom Tiv, and it is not going to be Mukhtza. Beautiful. Period. Two dots. Next part of the Mishnah. Ezehu Karpav. What is a Karpav? Right? So in the Mishnah, we had a Reb Shabuda says it's near the city, and Ibaisi starts talking about a key. Zakht Gemara. Iboilu. That's the Shaila. How are we saying? Meaning, what's the Mishnah talking about? We don't fully grasp this, uh, uh, these opinions. Says the Gemara. Anything that's near the city. Does not mean... Um, okay, the Gemara is explaining the question. Does it mean that it needs to be near the city and it's only called a Karpath if you need a key? Okay, so a Karpav is near the city and you need a key. The Asa Yaisi and Rabbi is coming to argue and say, all you need is the key. Then, even if it, then, then as long as it's in Tchum uh, uh, Shabbos, it's okay. Okay, now it doesn't need to be at the edge of town, it just needs to be within the Tchum. That's one way to view the Machlaikas. Aidama, or perhaps. This is the Machlick Esle Mishnah. Rabbi Yehuda says that a Karpav is something near the city. Whether or not you need a key to get in, as long as you have this enclosed area near the city, that's called a Karpav. Rabbi Yehuda is coming along to say, Even if it's within the Tchum Shabbos, Specifically Tavka specifically, if you need a key to get in but if you don 't need a key to get in, if you lose some Nami, then even if your Karpav is near the city it 's still going to be moksa it 's not considered enclosed enough if if people could get in without a key it 's not considered prepared enough to make it not moksa that 's the second way to understand the malanka so that's again those those are the uh, that's the Shiloh here. The Shiloh number one. Let's go through these two stodd. The first approach is that Rabbi Yehuda holds, if it's near the city and you need a key, then it's a karpath. While Rabbi Yehuda says, no, you always need a key. You need a key. The key is the main point. The second way to understand it is that according to Rabbi Yehuda, it needs to be near the city. Which is the main thing, and there's no difference whether you need a key. And comes along Rabbi Yaisi to say no, only if you have a key do you make it not Mukhtzah. Okay, as so the Gemara says, Toshma, come and listen, let's try to answer the Midiktoni, We said in the Mishnah, Rabbi Yisi says, anything you need to get into with a key. Even if it's inside the Tchom Shabbos, you need a key. Shma-minah. You'll learn from this. Rabbi Yisi, Tarti, Lakula, Ka, amar Shma, Mina. Yeah, Rab Yaisi holds that it's not gonna be mukta. Um, number one, if it's near the city, number two, if it's locked, either one of those will make it not mukta. Okay? Shmaina, we learn from this Amar Reb Selah Amar of Yermiya, Halakha, Karabyisi, Hakka, Lakhza Karaisi. You're allowed to you're allowed to carry it from a Karpath. If either it's a, has a key, that's one, okay? Doesn't need to necessarily be some clear as long as with inside the tchum, you can either have a key or some clear Either one of those makes it not mukta, and that is the kula the lenient opinion. Beautiful. Okay. That is the Mishnah and Gemara. Gabaldic. Okay, let's keep talking about our wood, schlepping our wood in for yomtif use. Says the Mishnah. Four lines from the bottom of Lamed Aleph, Amud Aleph, Ein You're not allowed to cut wood from kuros. Kuros literally is referring to beams. Okay, I you're gonna say, but beams are already cut. Okay, so what does it mean? What type of beams are you cutting up? We'll see soon. You're not allowed to cut wood from pre-existing beams. But Leimen Akura. You're also not allowed to cut wood from a beam, which had a function as a beam. Okay, Beams have functions. They're usually building materials to support something. Beams have various functions. What if you have a beam that broke? So says the Tanakhama, says the Mishnah, you're not allowed to take a broken beam on Yomtif and use it as firewood. mavakin loy b'kardom. And You're not allowed, veimavaki, now let it cut up the wood, laiba kardum with an axe, vilay magera, you're not allowed to use a saw, magal is a sickle, ela be kaifitz. But you are permitted to use a kaifitz, okay? Which Rashi says, it's a stam kaifitz is a sock shell kitsavim. Yeah, daiba le It's just It's a standard kitchen knife. Yeah, a very sharp knife that butchers use, but it's a type of knife that's uh, used in the kitchen. The main idea that Rashi points out to us is it's not a kli uman. He says as long as it's not a knife of a craftsman, it's something that a regular person can use, then you're allowed to use that type of knife. That knife is not mukza. You're allowed to use an average man's knife to cut the wood, period. That Okay, fine, very good. That's the Mishnah. So again, Mishnah says you're not allowed to cut wood from beams, we'll see the first line is the most cryptic. And then it says, you're not allowed to take firewood from a beam that broke on Yom and you're not allowed to use specialized equipment. But you're allowed to use a butcher type of knife. That's not a uman; It's not a knife of a craftsman. Uh, you're allowed to use that to cut your wood on Yom Okay. Gemara. Zog Gemara. Now we turn to the top of Lamid Aleph Amud base. 31 b Says the Gemara of Amr in the beginning, you say, now let it cut wood from a beam. And then at the safer, you say, it seems to imply you're let cut wood using a knife that's not a craftsman knife. Uh, says the Gemara to explain. There's a piece that is missing from the Mishnah, right? And it's worthwhile We're repeating here the Tais Yantab. Taishas explains, not over here, but Taishas Yantab says, whenever you find the Taishas Yantab, it's not a cop-out type of answer, but rather when Rabbein would teach their students in yeshiva, they would teach it to them in a way of a song where the words could rhyme. And here and there, there were Rabbein that dropped words from Mishnayis in order to help make the overall halacha more easy to remember for their Tamidim. And then these Tamidim would get older and they would quote Mishnayis and they would have an issue because they, the rebbe dropped a few words and the other, their counterparts, the other Tanayim or Amaram, would come and say, no, let me explain the way this Mishnah was quoted. That person's Rebbe had dropped some of the words when he was teaching it because of how he turned the Mishnah into songs to help that child remember. And we're going to teach you how the Mishnah really goes. All right. So this is how the Mishnah really goes. You're not allowed to cut wood. you Kuras. not allowed to cut wood from a Savar of Kuras. Savar of Kuras are construction beams. You have a bunch of beams laying together, ready to be used to build a shed. Okay, like we have right now outside the shul. So you're not allowed to take wood from that because that is construction material. You let it cut wood from a beam that's broken prior to yom De. And by the way, when you cut this wood, you shouldn't use specialized equipment. You should use a butcher knife we learned in a price similarly in the Vakan 8, you're to cut wood, laim a saber for inalah you know, to cut wood from uh beams that are building material for construction, blah kurashrap yamtif or a beam that broke on yamtif, because that was also starting out on yamtif was already mukta the fi shainamana mucham, because it's not much and it's not prepared for yomtif, it's mukta and that's what you're not allowed to cut. Okay, so far so good. Very clear. Uh, very uh, uh, you know, very clear halacha, understandable that things that are set aside for other purposes such as construction beams are going to be mukta, but any beam, any piece of wood that is able to be used already prior to yomtif, then I'm allowed to use it as my firewood, and I could even cut it on yomtif as long as I don't use a muktza dika knife, a specialized equipment knife, I could, as I need to use a standard Butcher knife that a person would have in the kitchen. Okay. V'leibekar do we now to use an axe? Amar Rechinen of Bar Shlami, Meshved the Rav, Lo Yishanu Ela Ben Nakhvos says the name of Rav. This is only true. Bin Nakhvos Shaloi, you're only not allowed to use the nekeva side, the female side of the axe. Okay. Um, but on the male side, it is allowed. Okay. Um, Rashi explains. Apparently, an axe, an which many of you would know more than me, doesn't have the same width of metal throughout usually an axe will have a wider part and a narrower part. The wider part is called the female side and the narrower part is called the zakhar, the male side. The female side, the wider side, is usually what's used um, when a craftsman is using an axe, they're going to use the feminine side. Okay? So therefore says, Rav Chinna Bar Shlamya, um, if, as long as you use the male side, it's not considered a maise uman. It's not considered a, a work of a craftsman. And it's going to be allowed. It says you're allowed to use a kaifetz. A kaifetz l'chaira. I mean, the Gemara is at this stage is assuming that a standard... If, if you use the male side of the axe, the narrower side of the axe, then it's very similar to a kitchen knife. Okay. So why would so what's the chiddush? Why would I think it's forbidden? It says him, I would have thought to say, "Hani Um it's only it's it's, uh, it's uh, you're only allowed to use a regular kitchen knife." These words uh, allowing a non-maisa umandika knife being allowed is true. but by a kardoim by the ax the and a butcher's knife da gisa oser, I would say le this listen this axe. Yeah, this axe, since it has a wider side, which is a craftsman side attached to it, and not attached, part of it. So the whole axe blibes muqtza. Because on this axe, I have something that craftsmen use. So I would say you can't touch an axe at all. Therefore, the Kiddush of Rav Bar quoting Rav, is that no an axe in totality is not moksha. You're allowed to pick up the axe as long as you're using it to use the zohar side, which is similar to a butcher's knife. Ah, there's an akiva side which is a craftsman. Okay, that's the chiddush. The chiddush is, as long as there's a zohar side, not muktzah. Make sure not to use an akeva Give all the akiva side. Uh, some say that Mechinu Bar Shlomi is going on the safer for Mishnah. The safer says, and the Mishnah says, "Elah bekaifet." You're allowed to use regular butcher's knife. From Mechinu Bar Shlomi, the Rav, I show Elah bazachu shalayah butcher's knife. You have to make sure to use the sharp, narrower side of a benakva shalay usher, but on the butcher's knife again, not the axe. If you are going on the safer, on the butcher's knife, you have to make sure you're not allowed to use a wider part. Shita. Yeah, it says that you can't use an axe, an axe generally has the no wider side, so if you have a butcher's knife that has a wider side, why well, would I think it is allowed? It says the Gemara, I would have thought to say, an axe is different, um, that it's going to be because generally it's meant to use for the wider side, but when you have the butcher knife and the cardum and the axe, I would say, listen, since one side of the butcher's knife is allowed, the other side is also allowed, comes longer of along to tell us that no, even on a butcher's knife, which we're permitting, it's only permitted to use it in a way that is general, not the craftsman's side. And therefore, if you have a butcher's knife, which has a wider side and a narrower side, you're going to be limited to using the narrower side and you cannot use the wider side because that is the uman the craftsman dig aside which is which is us to use period. yeah to create a picture of this axe let's say let's say you have a um, a wooden handle in the center okay any sort of handle in the middle and then the x sticks out on either side of the handle right one side the blade is thin throughout throughout the the right let's say it's a three inch thick blade, so on one side, the three inches are all the same narrow width on the other side, the bottom part, which chops the wood okay is narrow and then it gets wider as you move up on the blade. The reason why they would make blades like that, specifically as a, as a craftsman dick away for chopping wood, is because if you have a narrower edge and then it gets wider, that allows the wood to crack more, right? The narrower part makes the initial cut and then as the metal moves down, if it's a wider metal, it helps separate the wood. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. As as opposed yeah. to just being narrow, uh, straight up, right? Then it's just a long, a long, narrow knife like we have in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. But if it gets wider towards the top of the metal. That was a specialized instrument this way, and they would purposely do it like that too, to make the wood split. It gives you a little bit of, uh, of. Uh, I don't know what the proper word. A little bit of legroom to you know help help crack it. So that's the that's the enough there. Okay. Gvado. Next mission. If you have a house that is mole peres that is full of fruit, and now you got a hole in the house. It's now open, right? It's it's uh, it's and it has a hole night tell me you are allowed to take from where the hole is, okay now um, Rashi tells us that we're not dealing with somebody who um, unlocked this house that had th- that had fruit in it, rather, the house became open may a love it happened by itself okay now here's why it's important because if i locked a room with fruit what am i showing i don't want this fruit on yom Tif unless i actually go ahead and unlock it and even then what was my original intent It's a muxa by now but over here where the house was locked and it Zokrashi. rashi the room opened up, it happened by itself. So my das really is still off of the fruit. When the room opened up and now the fruit became re-accessible to me, it became accessible again to me, Um, what's making it not mokza? Okay? So to Mishnah, if you have a room that was locked and then you got a hole, you're allowed to take from the place where the hole is. Okay? We'll get into this. The Gemara is going to explain um, ha, what makes the fruit moktza and then what makes it no longer moktza and why you want to get it out. Remeyer, says, "Ain a'af v'naitel. You can even open up the room l'chatchila on your own v'naitel and take it. Now this needs explanation because, what do you mean even? Isn't this a bigger reason to allow it if I'm, if I'm actively doing it? So we need further clarification of the Mishnah and Baruch Hashem for the Gemara. All right, so let's get going over here. zogt the Gemara. Amai. If you have fruit that's locked up and then you got a hole in the, in the house where the fruit is, why, uh, I'm sorry, so we're focusing, um, we're focusing on Rav Meir. Rav Meir says, you're allowed to make a hole in the house to get the fruit out. We're asking on oh, Rav Meir. Am I? why are you allowed to do that? It's taken down an aisle. Yeah, you're making a hole. Uh, I'll tell you why. It was a bunch of separate levenim. A bunch of separate bricks. Okay? Zog Rashi. It was never attached. So it was kind of like a stack of Lego. Yeah? You brick, 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 brick. I take a brick down. That's not called sicer. Because it was never a complete entity in the first place. It was never... These things were never connected. Ini? It's not true. Bummer of Nachman. Hani Livni? These bricks. The Yasur. That are yitor, that are extra, they're left over. Nibinyana from a building. You have somebody who builds a building and he's got extra bricks. Shari bishabota. It's permitted to be used on Shabbos. Because people can use them on chairs. You ever see these cement blocks? I don't know how to describe them, but it's kind of like it's gray cement. I don't even know what they're used for. I guess the foundation of homes. We have one of these right by the door of the shul. At least we used to. It's like they're very heavy, and people put it by a door to keep it to keep the door propped open. You know, it has enough weight to make the door not close. It's like it's a it's a, a probably like an 18 inch long cement thing with like looks like two holes in the center. And sometimes people will sit on that. You know, people sit on it. It's kind of like becomes a chair. It's like extra from construction. So these extra bricks that are left over, you're allowed to... They're not mukzah because people use it as chairs on shops. Shraginu, vada'i And if a person... Shraginu means like you, you kind of take them and you put one on top of the other. So um, then vada'i akatsinu. Then they become moksa. Because you're showing you want to start stacking it up. You really intend for it to be used as as building material. So the governor's question here is, you see that even when you stack something up without connecting them, it's still considered construction. Because you're not allowed to do that. If, if that's done on Shabbos, it remains moksa. So why is Rav Meir allowing somebody to take the fruit out of the room, even though the bricks aren't connected, it should still be called taking apart a construction project. Amr of Zera of Zera says, "Yet yeah, on Yom Tiv, is allowing you to get the fruit." Our mission is discussing only Yom um, because we know on Yom you're allowed to do it. Let's you're let it do specific things that and you want the fruit so over here where it's not a, as long as it's not really connected so there's more room for leniency as opposed to on Shabbos where we're talking about these extra construction bricks there we're going to say oh you're dealing with the you know don't start stacking it up on Shabbos alright because Shabbos there's no there's no sort of uh, hetter you're not doing this for for Eichel Nefesh uh, Tanah going to similarly remember says Paiches the of the night. holds you're allowed to take apart the wall of and take your fruit. But Yom Tov from which is true on Yom but you're not allowed to do this on Shabbos. Period. Okay. So now we have clarity, right? Because if we go back to our Mishnah, which was cryptic when we read it, we didn't have such clarity. Now we understand what the Mishnah say The Mishnah. Let's just read this. It was a it was a short two line Mishnah. Let's read it. i the when you have a room, a house that's full of fruit, on Yom Tif only, and it opened by itself, you're allowed to take the fruit. The mayor says, as long as the bricks are not connected with cement, and they're just stacked up to protect the fruit, then on Yom Tif, since I'm doing it, I'm allowed to take it apart. It's not going to be a... Isser of Stira, which on Shabbos it would be, but over here, because I need the fruit of the Kovariumtif, says the mayor, I could even do it initially with my own hands. I could take it apart. It's going to be Matir. Beautiful. Okay. Omar Shmuel, Shmuel says, okay, we're right in the beginning of the line, about 12, uh, 10, 12 lines from the bottom of Lamad Allah the base a person is allowed to remove stamps that's really what khaysam says you're allowed to remove stamps from the ground okay now what are these stamps on the ground so they it's it's not referring to a, a, a chasima. as like a stamp, it's more of a seal okay so picture you have a a sewer cover that didn't completely come off they would always have like one part of the cover Connected to the ground. So Ra-, Ra Shmuel says, you're allowed to open up those connectors. But you're not allowed to undo the roping and you're not allowed to cut it. You could only untie it. Okay? I lost the place, I'm sorry. But you're allowed to open up a a string that's wrapped around a vessel cover. So let's say they would have a bottle, which is a vessel, and instead of having fancy schmancy plastics with the rings, they would put down a piece of soft piece of metal, whatever it was, a piece of plastic, a wooden seal, and then they would tie it with a string. He says when it comes to a vessel and you have a string around it, then you're allowed to... Um, uh, untie it undo the roping and you can cut it this halacha applies both to Shabbos and to Rashi. Rashi says over here the malachal we're concerned about is stira is taking something apart and taking something apart is going to be an issue when it's attached to the ground to untie something to cut something right. so um so to untie something that's attached to the ground, he says it's not called stira. But to cut something or to undo the roping, that would be a prohibition of stira. However, when it comes to a vessel, ain't stira bekal. There's no there's no pre, uh, transgression of stira of taking apart, taking something down when it comes to vessels. Maybe that's a challenging question. Chesham when you have these seals on the ground. Allah is Bishabis Matra Vlaimafgivakh and Shabis allowed to untie it, be not let it cut it or undo the roping. Beyond matrafkivach beyond you can do everything. I Ayera on the ground it should be usr no matter what. Yeah. Hani Hanamir Mary, the Omar af Paicheis, the Khathilah the night The mayor says you're allowed to be Paichis the Khathilah like we had in our mission. You're allowed to t- you're even allowed to take apart these bricks. And take out your fruit, the rabbanon argue. and I'm paskening like the Rabbanan the Khesama the argue on Ravmeir about they argue on this halacha about about what is the proper method of undoing a we'll call it this sewer cover right from the ground, depending on how it's attached. Again, Ravmeir says you're let it untie you're not let it cut it, you're not let unravel the roping. And says the Gemara, do the Rabbans argue on that halacha? But They agree you're allowed to untie, and that you're not allowed to cut or undo the roping. When on, they, but they hold that on yomtiv, you're allowed to um, uh, you're allowed to do all these things. Okay, and if the Chum hold, you're allowed to do all these things. Who is Shmuel paskining like when he says that to open the rope, you're not allowed to do on Yom Tif. When Rev. Me- Meir allowed undoing the rope on Yom Tif and and Nacham allowed undoing the rope on Yom Tif. Answers, the Gemara, top of tomorrow's daf, daf la'ma who who da'mar Shmuel's following a different tana. Not Rev. Meir, not the Chacham, the tanya, who's this, who's this tana? We learned in Ebrei, so chayisamay shebekarka matir, chayisamay, these, these uh, sewer covers, Right, the seal, the whole seals. Shabbat karkam You let it undo it. Avolay mafki, avolay chaytech. You can't do it on. Can undo the roping. You can cut it on yomtiv as well. Echad shabbos, vechad yomtiv. Whether it's shabbos yomtiv, you're not allowed to do it, which is the opinion of Shmuel. Okay, v'shavakli, and when it comes to a vessel, v'shabbos matir. On shabbos, you're allowed to to untie it. And on Tev, he holds you are allowed to. So, we now found the Tana who Shmuel can hold like when he is machmir on undoing and uh, just, yeah on undoing the roping on a ground cover on yomtif Remeir had allowed it. The Rabbanan had allowed it. Shmuel and early Amira did not allow it. So we're trying to say, hey, who are you following? Who's back? Which is backing you up? We now found the Brisa, which says that whether it's Shabbos, whether it's Yomtiv, it's going to be forbidden to undo the roping. And as tomorrow we will pick up from, we're in the middle of the sugya, but we'll pick up from Nami we'll Namireisha. We'll, uh, we'll get back a little bit. We'll go back a couple steps to remind ourselves of the sugya, and we'll pick up... Um, Five lines from the top of Daf Lamid Bey's Amud Aleph. Have a wonderful, wonderful Shabbos bracious and uh, Bez Hashem. We will learn on Matzei Shabbos. Let's see, Shkia tonight is about six forty-three. So seventy-two, seven fifty-five. Let's aim for eight thirty. All right, let's aim for eight thirty Daf Yomi. Be'ezus Hashem on Matzei Shabbos. Have a wonderful, wonderful Shabbos, everybody.